Hello and welcome to the Dwell Podcast, part of St Saviour's Church, Finsbury Park. I'm Chris and together with my co-host Harry, we'll be guiding you through the next few weeks and the rest of this year of reading the Bible together. But before we get to that, we just want to set out a bit of vision for why this podcast has come about and what our hope and prayer is uh, for this next year. We'll do this over three short podcasts. This is episode number three. And then throughout the rest of the year, we'll have fortnightly podcasts and other resources to go alongside the Dwell Reading Plan, which, as you know now, is what we've been designing over the past few months um, for us to work through the New Testament as a church together this year. Chris, we are on day 10 of the Dwell Reading Plan. How have you found it so far? I'm loving it. I'm, uh, I'm yeah, really enjoying it. I went behind early. I'm not going to lie. I dropped today yeah. quite quickly. But picked it up on the Saturday. Those beautiful weekends are great for that. But yeah, I've been really enjoying it. It's, it's been nice to be able to do it quickly when there's not much time and to be able to kind of just um, get through each section quite quite rapidly, but also to be able to create more space when you have more space. And yeah, I, do, I just feeling like every day I'm getting something something new, something that brings life, something that's challenging from it. So yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. How are you finding it? Yeah, similar. I've had... Um... Yeah, a really good experience. The, the first day I had my nice set of like fancy pens lined up. I've got some like Tombow one 0.5 highlighters uh, ready to go all in. Um, and then by day three, I think I was already behind and <laughs> missed a couple of days. Um, but yes, yeah, like caught up really quickly. I think, as you say, it's really nice that the, the structure allows you to do it really quickly within, you know, 10, 15 minutes or to mm. sit in. Um, reflects on it over a longer period of time and um, so I've kind of found both of those have been have been really helpful and yeah we'll see ask me again in uh, three or four months and um, yeah I'll let you know how I'm doing um, so we're gonna jump into the podcast now and um, we're gonna do a couple of things in this podcast so we're going to try and give us a bit of an overview of what, why we've started where where we are in Matthew, try and sort of guide us through that a little bit. And Harry's going to give us a, a little overview of that. And then we're going to talk about maybe when we get stuck on particular passages, what we might do, some questions we might ask ourselves or things to consider as we go through. And then a bit of a call to action. So what can you do to get involved? How do you sign up? Um, all of that, Shalang. Um, But first, Harry. Why have we started with Matthew? Yeah, um, I feel like I need to justify this, given that, you know, we just whacked Matthew at the start. It's a good place to start. And then, you know, you're there on day one, really excited to start the door reading plan. For me, I've got my, my pens ready, my ruler. Uh, and then day one is a list of unpronounceable names I've never heard before. Yeah, it's a pretty tough start to day one. That might be another heresy ding, I think. There. Get the dinger out. <laughs> um, <laughs> So there's a couple of reasons why um, we wanted to start with Matthew. Um, the first one is that it is at the front of the New Testament, and so it means finding it uh, when you open your Bible is, is a bit more straightforward. Um, but I think, secondly, it's really important to say that we wanted to start with the story of Jesus. So I think we, we could have got stuck into, you know, Romans, where Paul has this kind of big stand back, um, summary of what he sees the gospel as or Colossians or Ephesians are really encouraging beautiful letters that um, yeah would be a great way to start the year but I think it is really helpful for us to spend a good bit of time getting stuck into knowing Jesus 
um, reading through his, his story. So with that in mind, I guess we had four options to choose from, from, from the four Gospels. So we could have started with Luke, which has like a really prominent focus on Jesus's birth, which could have been pretty relevant given that we've you know, just come out of Christmas. Or we could have gone down the road of starting with Mark, which is the shortest and I guess ostensibly the easiest Gospel to, to get ahead around. But Matthew is a really good starting point for the exact same reason why it is the first book in our New Testament which is, or other, you know, it's the first book after the Old Testament. And the reason for that is that the author, Matthew, is really keen for us to understand that Jesus's story isn't a new story, but it's the continuation and the fulfillment of the Old Testament. In other words, Matthew picks up where the previous 900 odd pages have taken us and he takes that story forward. So Matthew does that in a bunch of different ways, which we can chat through in a bit but I think it's really important to pause there and be super aware of the fact that when we are reading through the New Testament this year our aim is to you know complete the whole of the New Testament but we're not reading start of the biblical story we're picking up from a story that's many many years old and many many pages long um, I think that's important to to reflect on and so there's a, a bunch of different things that Matthew does to ground Jesus' story in the narrative of the Old Testament and here I'd recommend going and watching the Bible Project video on Matthew, which you can do by scanning the QR code on the first day of the Matthew reading, where Tim and John from the Bible Project will explain the structure of the book in much greater detail uh, than I could. But throughout the book, Matthew wants us to know that Jesus is a king from the line of David, that he was an authoritative teacher from the line of Moses, and that he is Emmanuel, God with us. So those three themes are ones that are really worth you looking out for as you read through. Matthew and hopefully you'll see them popping up especially the references to Moses in the first few chapters the first couple of weeks as you read through Matthew in the first couple of months of the new year. Yeah I really like that point particularly of um, kind of the New Testament building on the Old Testament. I was in a lecture yesterday and they were talking about the the idea of the olive tree being people of Israel I thought, yeah. like the trunk being the people of Israel and the Gentiles being kind of grafted in and fun fact, an olive tree, apparently, you probably know this already. I didn't know this. Uh, an olive tree, apparently, you can like slice and open up and stick a different olive branch in and it will adopt it into the actual right. tree. And so literally you can like graft in different branches into an olive tree. Um, but they also last for like thousands of years or well, maybe not thousands, but up to a thousand years, uh, these yeah. olive trees. And so they're like, they're these long sort of expansive trees with deep roots, but that you can like add little bits into. And so uh, I just thought that was a nice, uh, so obviously Jesus used that metaphor to talk about, I think it's Jesus. I hope it's Jesus. Talks about that metaphor to talk about the, uh, uh, the <laughs> Israel and the Gentiles being grafted in. Could be Paul. Sorry if it is. Uh, but also I think that applies to kind of the New Testament and how we read that. You know, there's this, there's this, you know, thousands of years old uh, scripture in the Old Testament that's all leading towards this point of Jesus, which is a really nice way to think about it. Yeah, I love that. And another opportunity for the heresy bell. There as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Jesus grafted in? <laughs> uh, yeah, great. <laughs> Definite bell. So, yeah, lots lots of really helpful stuff as we start with Matthew and think about that story. I guess the next bit that I thought would be helpful to talk about is sometimes you just come across a passage which doesn't make any sense or yeah it's, it's kind of confusing and it's really hard to draw out what the the key message or, or theme is so Chris I don't know if you could maybe 
talk us through some bits of best practice, useful hints and tips, things that you've done over the past to help you glean as much as you can out of a passage when yeah, it feels a bit opaque to start with? So, yes, I think there's a few things really that we want to think about when we're reading a passage, particularly when we're reading a passage that maybe we're not too sure about what it means. So, I mean, the first thing and probably the most obvious thing, the thing that we lay out clearly in the DWELL acronym uh, is to pray about it. That's why we have the kind of weight on the spirit in our daily structure. James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And that's exactly what we should do as a first port of call if we're struggling with a passage and we should ask God for guidance. We need to rely on him in this. And, you know, without him, we can't understand these things. We need to ask for his light onto the word. So the first thing we should do if we're struggling with something is to to pray about it. Yeah. And um, I don't know how you found it, but that part of the um, structure for each day is the bit that I think I've found hardest in the 10 days or however many days we've had so far. And it's the easiest bit, I think, to just skip over or rush through. Um, but actually, yeah, as you say, it's almost, you know, one of the most important bits to come at it um, with the right, I don't know if attitude is the right word, but yeah, in the, being in the right mind, mind frame as we approach the text. So yeah, I think that's, that's a really good shout. Yeah, no, completely agree. It's, it's so easy to kind of, to rush over it, isn't it? And to kind of go straight to the text or to just sort of carry on and take the kind of surface level, maybe meaning or, or, or what you think you get at the first reading. But actually, yeah, there's, there's a real wisdom in slowing down asking God about what a passage might be meaning. So we've prayed and we might still be struggling. The second thing we want to do is to try and consider the context. This might be more or less challenging and it might be something that you're more or less used to doing as well. But try to think about a few questions here. So try to think about what genre you're reading. So the Bible is a is a library of books made up of different genres. About 43% of the Bible as a whole is made up of narrative and historical narratives and parables, those kinds of things. 33% of the Bible as a whole is poetry. And that might be songs, reflective poetry, passionate poetry, politically resistant poetry. And the remaining 24% of the Bible is prose discourse. So that's letters, laws, sermons, etc. And in the New Testament in particular, we're thinking about, you know, we're mainly in narrative and then there's a bit of prose discourse and much less um, poetry, although there is some in there, but probably within uh, a letter or something like that. So we've got to think about what we're reading. What genre are we reading? But then also, who's the audience? So is this a letter going to someone? Um, uh, has the author made that clear who the audience is or is it clear or can you kind of read an audience into what's being said so who's the audience yeah there's a really good um book by a guy called dan kimball called how not to read the bible and and in that he has a phrase which is i don't know if it says uh, he could have stolen it but he says that all of the bible was written for us but none of it was written to us so all of the different authors of the scriptures had a specific audience in mind, especially when we're thinking about the New Testament and Paul Peter's, and Peter's letters. And um, Paul, for instance, for uh, the letter to the church in Rome, he was thinking of that specific house church in Rome. He wasn't thinking about a dude called Chris, born 2,000 years later, living in the South Tottenham area. And <laughs> um, like he had a specific audience in mind. And that obviously isn't to say it's not relevant, um, and that the message doesn't apply to us, but we need to understand what problems or issues the original audience was grappling with and how that might 
shape how we read the text. And there's obviously a huge amount of detail that you can go into there. But I think the Bible Project videos do a really good job of laying out some of that context, trying to explain who the author was, who are they writing to. But I think, um, yeah, keeping in mind that although it is for us, we are not the original audience is, is a super helpful yeah, little rule. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Definitely agree. And, and and yeah, those Bible Project videos are definitely a first port of call to get a bit of that historical context to understand the audience. And yeah, to, we, I suppose also acknowledging that we're never going to fully, you know, there's there's um, theologians and scholars and historians who spend their whole lives, you know, trying to understand the context or the history around one tiny little bit of um, biblical history. And so we're never going to understand the full picture, never going to understand the culture fully. We're never going to be embedded in that place, but we can do our best to kind of see with with different eyes and understand the audience. So that's understand the audience. And and also the, another question to ask is what's the purpose? Um, so again, is, is it clear from the passage what the purpose of that passage is? If it's Jesus talking, what's Jesus trying to say? If it's Paul writing, what's Paul trying to say? If it's a kind of note from the author, as it were, what's the author trying to get across in that moment? So what's the purpose of that that point? And, and in all these questions, it's really useful. I mean, Harry's was, or, already suggested by project videos and obviously their QR codes are throughout the do our reading plan to go straight to those videos when as soon as you hit a book but also if you are after a little bit more depth or there's a particular question in mind on a, on a smaller passage then definitely grab a commentary we would highly recommend the tom wright um for everyone commentary series there's like simple accessible but also just have some real golden nuggets in there so um definitely have a look at that if you are struggling and want a little bit more from from a particular passage yeah and chris if you're working towards a new year's resolution this year of trying to read a certain amount of books then if you're going to read a commentary for each book this year that's going to like massively whack up your total for the year so just a little um little tip for you there excellent that goodreads reading list will uh be full of tom wright <laughs> <laughs> um so thirdly so we've sorry we i should recap we've had pray about it we've had consider the context which was a bit of everything and then read it more than once so go back to the passage you know it's easy to kind of skip through it the first time and just skim it but read it again read it aloud maybe different things will jump off the page when you read it aloud and again that's why the structure asks you to select just one verse or one little sentence or something like that and zoom in on it. You know, read that again, kind of meditate on that. Read around the passage as well. It might be that if you're struggling with something, you much might not understand the context that it's within. So it might be actually it's helpful to read a little chunk before, before that or a little chunk after that as well, just to fully understand the kind of flow of the narrative um, and what's going on there. Yeah, uh, when you get to Paul... Um, there's a little rule that someone told me once, which I think is great. Whenever you see a therefore, so for instance, I think at the start of Romans 12, it says, therefore, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. You should ask what that therefore is there for. So it's, yeah. you know, as a result of the previous chapter or something like that. So it is helpful to remember what you've read the day before and think about whether that shapes what you're going to be reading today. That's really nice. Love it. What is the therefore, therefore? If you remember nothing else, you'll remember that little nugget from Harry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so fourth, what do you learn about Jesus? 
So this is really important, you know, that we believe that the whole Bible is a story that points us to Jesus. And so what does the passage or the story that you're reading at that time tell us about Jesus? You know, sometimes these things are really complicated and we don't quite understand the context or we don't understand what the passage is saying. So a really easy way to kind of boil that down is to say, you know, what do you learn about who Jesus is, about his character? about what he cares about, about his his own characteristics when we read a passage. So a good example of that, um, I think, is when Jesus speaks to the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter four. And I remember reading that and understanding a huge amount of it. John and the woman have a debate about mountains, about theology of geography and where we should worship. And like it's pretty complicated and it requires you to have a fairly solid grasp of Israeli-Palestinian geopolitics in the first century and, and beyond. And it's complicated, but I think if you don't understand that, and I certainly didn't understand that when I read it, you can still see how Jesus treats this woman with love and respect and that he seems to know about her, care about her, and he offers this new life um, of freedom and abundance to her. And I think, you know, in an ideal world, we'd want to get as much as we can from the passage, trying to understand many bits as we as we can but if we can't like don't panic that's fine start by looking at jesus seeing what you learn about him and what he's like as if you were there um, as an observer to the scene yeah no, that's brilliant thanks harry really helpful example the fifth point is are there any key words that jump off the page that the author is leveraging to emphasize a point maybe so for example in colossians 1 paul uses the phrase all things four times and the word all 10 times at least 10 times at least that's that's the number that harry could count when he put these notes together uh, <laughs> and the reason is because you know paul wants his audience is the, the colossian church to know that christ has authority over everything and that they can find fullness of all of life in him they don't need to add anything else on top of Jesus to make him better. He is supreme. And also in Mark's gospel, you see the word immediately pop up all the time. Things just seem to happen quickly in Mark's world. Um, and so we can all ponder why that might be. Why is Mark using the word immediately all the time? And we, but we might also think that other words or things are pinging in our mind as we're reading. So it might be these recurring words, or there might be words that we're familiar with from other readings. So that we might be talking about a shepherd, or it might be talking about a king or a priest. And those kind of types or typologies or hyperlinks are pinging in our mind. And we're thinking maybe back to a different part of the Bible or forward to a different part of the Bible and thinking, actually, I've heard that before. What might that be saying in that context? And how might that be hyperlinking me to something else that is going on in the biblical story? And drawing maybe some of the Old Testament into the New or maybe some of the later New Testament back. But the sixth point is to ask our dwell route. So, you know, we're reading this in community. We're reading this together as we've explored in the other po earlier podcasts. So if you're struggling, then why not lean on your dog group? Ask them, pop a, pop a text on the WhatsApp group or wait until your next meeting and just come with your question. Or, you know, you can also lean on the wider church community, our wise leaders and <laughs> and others around yeah. us. So we might uh, want to... <laughs> <laughs> drop an email to chris.breeze at <laughs> Uh, for any difficult questions that you might have. Uh, please don't do that. 
please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although I will try my best to answer, so you know. <laughs> um, and the final thing you can do is try a different translation. So yeah, obviously you could be reading through a translation and struggling with it. So just try a different one. It'll bring a different perspective. It'll bring a different voice into the scene. Definitely worth doing um, if you're struggling with a particular text. So I'm just going to recap those just to make sure we've got them. So firstly, we want to pray about it. Secondly, we want to consider the context around it, consider what we're reading, the purpose, the audience, etc., and maybe grab a commentary in there. We want to read more than once and maybe read around it as well. We want to think about what we're learning about Jesus if we're struggling with everything else. Um, we want to think about any keywords uh, or types or hyperlinks that are coming off the page for us. Ask our dwell group and then maybe try a different translation. So there we are. There are our seven points. If you're struggling with a passage, a snappy seven points that you can come back to. And uh, hopefully that'd be useful as you read through. It's very biblical of you, Chris, to have seven points there. Little, <laughs> hyperlink within a hyperlink. Who wrote the script, Harry? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> what script? <laughs> um, great. So some really helpful bits of advice there. So I guess to wrap up, Chris, what do we do now? Um, how do we how do we get cracking? Um, and yeah, what do we do to to lean into this new year of reading the dwell reading plan together? Yeah, I mean, so firstly we sign up. So we're encouraging dwell groups to sign up together, as we've talked about in previous episodes. So if you're not in a dwell group, we'd really encourage you to get into one, to bed into the community. But obviously you can still follow the plan if you're not in a group. Just sign up at slash dwell. And when you sign up, we'll add you to the mailing list. That means every fortnight, we're hoping, over the next year, you'll receive an email uh, letting you know what reading, uh, what week of reading that we're in and sharing some resources, hopefully created by the congregation to help you reflect more deeply on the readings for that fortnightly period. You'll also receive the link to the Dwell Reading Plan Guide download, um, or you can um, purchase one. Um, or if you can't afford to purchase one, then you can grab one anyway from church on Sundays. Uh, and obviously, paper is just a lovely option. If you are into, if you're into your digital world, then hey, I'm not going to stop you. There's a PDF there. But if you would like a paper copy. I mean, I'm holding one in my hand right now and it's beautiful, but also it means you don't have to kind of plug into the digital world first thing in the morning. If that's when you choose to do it, it means you can kind of stay offline. You can connect with God before you connect with your phone, which is just a great way to start the day. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and secondly, that means that we are encouraging dwell groups who are signed up to join in, get stuck in. And that could mean being up for contributing to a podcast or a blog post reflecting on a particular reading or theme that keeps coming up for you as you've read through the New Testament this year. Um, and we really want to do that to help encourage and challenge each other and hear a diverse set of voices. Uh, so yeah, really encourage you to do that. And that also means um, joining in with some of the reading nights that we're going to be putting on throughout the year. It will be an opportunity for you to hear the Bible read for a sustained period of time. Um, unless it really percolates into your soul like a V60 or Chemex coffee dripper, whatever coffee uh, preparation method you, you go by, other methods are available. Uh, <laughs> another opportunity for the heresy dinger. Uh, amazing, amazing. And so that 
is the how of the Dwell reading plan. And the final episode in our short vision series here on the Dwell podcast. We'll be back very soon with our first resources to help guide you through the Dwell reading plan as we begin. If you want to sign up to the plan or find out more, go to stsaviors.church forward slash dwell. In the meantime, have a great few weeks and we'll see you soon. See you soon.